As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. When we deny an emotion and force ourselves or other people to suppress it, And when we use toxic positivity, we're telling people that that feeling they have is wrong. They shouldn't be feeling it. And if they try just a little bit harder, they can eliminate it entirely and get back to that happiness state. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I can't believe we're in a new year, 2022. It sounds so weird for those of us who were like born in the 80s, but That's what happens when you're having fun, right? Time flies. Well, happy new year, everybody. And I'm saying happy, like very loosely, because we're going to talk all about toxic positivity today, which for me is probably one of the most annoying things uh, a woman or a mom can experience. But that's okay, because I have the queen of how to debunk toxic positivity on with us today, Whitney Goodman, the radically honest psychotherapist behind the popular Instagram account, Sit With Wit, who you see me share probably every day, and the owner of the Collaborative Counseling Center, a private therapy practice in Miami. She helps individuals and couples heal past wounds and create the life they've always wanted to live. And now she's here with us and I'm so excited. Thank you, Whitney, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited as well. And this is a really big month for you. Tell everybody why. Yes, my book is officially on presale, Toxic Positivity, um, and it's getting published next month or printed next month. Well, by the time you guys listen to this, it's literally going to be out within days. So actually, your book comes out on my daughter's birthday, which is like a very important date for me, but I'm really excited just for what you're putting out into the world. Because I think anybody who follows you on Instagram is really hooked in to what you're sharing. Cause it's, if you are in a process of healing or getting to know yourself better, everything you post, everything you write, it's almost like you're speaking to our core and of how we really feel. And so I'm really excited for this project of yours to like find its way across the world and change lives. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and we'll just like dive right into toxic positivity. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I am a therapist. I am totally virtual now seeing clients. I work with adult individuals that are struggling with their relationships with themselves, with other people, family relationships. Um, And I'm very big on being honest with my clients and working like in the real world with what is going on with them. And I try to show that in everything I write and put online. Something about your website that I really liked is like, 
if you want a therapist who's actually going to engage with you and not just like sit and nod and look at you, um, I think in today's day and age, that's so important. You know, when we think about therapy, when we were younger, right, we really just thought about a person in a chair with a notebook, but it has become so much more than that. I know for me, I mean, I have a therapist who checks in weekly just to be like, hey, what's up? You know, good job on this or that. And and I think it's important that people realize that it can be an interactive experience that helps you move on. It's not, it doesn't have to be completely one-sided. So I love that about your website. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I started practicing as a therapist, I was like 24. And so I was very um, disillusioned with the process of these like older therapists that wanted you to be like a blank slate. I noticed it did not work um, with my generation or with people who wanted that more interactive experience. And I think therapists are really changing now to be much more engaged versus just like nodding and saying, uh-huh, how does that make yeah. you feel? <laughs> yeah. And it really makes such a difference because all of a sudden the person who's helping you heal is also, you feel like that person's on your team and yeah. rooting for you. And that's, that's exactly what your social media conveys. So I know the book is going to do the same, but let's stick to the topic at hand. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what toxic positivity even is? Yeah, absolutely. So toxic positivity is like an overarching theme that we should be happy no matter what. Happiness should always be like the default uh, mode of the objective, right? But it's also when we deny an emotion and force ourselves or other people to suppress it. And when we use toxic positivity, we're telling people that that feeling they have is wrong. They shouldn't be feeling it. And if they try just a little bit harder, they can eliminate it entirely and get back to that happiness state. And that's virtually impossible. And it's, I think as a woman, it's the second most annoying thing you can hear. I think we don't realize how toxic, toxic positivity is until you become a mom and you're like in the trenches of new motherhood and you want to scream and everyone's like, oh, but enjoy it. Like these, this time goes so fast. You should be so happy. You have a healthy baby. And you're like, I want to die seriously, but thank you. And then you get divorced and it's like, well, at least this, or you should be happy that, or you can't move on if you're not happy. And it just doesn't work that way, especially for people myself included, who are already battling either anxiety disorders or have a history of depression, it's actually really hurtful to be mm-hmm. surrounded by toxic positivity. Absolutely. I, I just had a baby five months ago, so I can really relate to that uh, new motherhood feeling where you honestly just want to like punch people when they yes. say that to you yeah, or, or not be around them, period. And I, I think as a woman, it continues to get put in your face that you're somehow not grateful um, if you express any emotion other than positivity. So when did you realize that this whole culture of toxic positivity had gone too far? So I got online as a therapist on Instagram in like 2018. And this was the first time I was seeing a lot of like law of attraction stuff and all these posts. And I was like, wow, if my clients are seeing this, they're going to cry. Like, this is awful. It was a lot of just like, you attract everything that's meant for you and like nothing that's ever meant for you will miss you. And I'm like, wow, like if you're struggling, this is terrible. And I started to see that that was the main discourse online. And then I started noticing my clients were talking about it. 
but they were almost like ashamed that they were feeling this way. And I had been feeling that way also. So after that, I started posting about it and I'm like, wait, this is catching on that everybody hates this, but they don't want to talk about it because it's, it's shameful in some way. Yeah. And I think we see online that inspirational accounts and quotes are helpful, but there has definitely been a big shift. I know when I started on Instagram, probably in 2015, in like a more professional capacity, it was like, girl boss, like you go girl. And I'm like about to get divorced. And I'm like, I don't know. And now I think we've we've moved into the space where people just want to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, thank God, because we also have to raise children if we're raising them also with this mentality of you have to be happy all the time for life to work out, then we're really doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. And that's how so many of us are raised, right? I was raised that way. I just want you to be happy or do what's going to make you happy. Like it's drilled into us from a young age that happiness should be the objective all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, what? Where do you see your clients or patients struggling the most with having to, you know, accept that they're, maybe they're not happy and they don't have to feel that way. I think a lot of times it's the people who have things to be grateful for the people who have, you know, security, they have a roof over their head, food, like they're struggling the most because it's constantly this comparison, right? Mm -hmm. Of like other people have it worse than me. So I cannot feel this way. You know, I have a healthy child. So I can't feel bad about my body after having a baby or whatever it is. It's this constant, like refuting of your feelings because of something else. Mm -hmm. I could not agree more. And I can't tell you, I I love that you brought up the body thing because as somebody who has been fighting her own body battles her whole life, how many times people are like, but just focus on your health. And I'm like, Right. So if I could do that, like I wouldn't have these issues. And it's just so, you know, I, people are well-meaning, I think. I don't think like toxic positivity comes from a place of bad, but that's precisely why I think it's so damaging and can stunt the growth of somebody who's really trying to change because if they make it sound so easy. That's one of the biggest problems. And I want to reiterate what you said is like, it's not coming from a bad place. People who say these things are not toxic, abusive people. It's what they've learned to say and they think it's the right thing. And that's why it's so hard for us because it's like, gosh, this person's really trying to help me and they're being nice and it's making me feel so awful inside. So maybe it's something wrong with me. Like, why can't I accept their help? And so it's up to us to really try to like help people understand how to help us. So that brings me to my next question. So, you know, a woman gets divorced or separated and everyone around her is, you know, doesn't know what to say. So they're just throwing out, you know, at least you're not this, or you've still got your looks. You're going to go meet somebody. You should be fine. You know, all these quote unquote, well-intentioned things that don't really make you feel better in the moment and don't even breach the core of what you're actually feeling. So what do we say to these people? How do we handle that? I happen to be one of those people where you see it all over my face, how I'm feeling, and it makes the situation a little bit more uncomfortable. But I wonder if there's like a more politically correct way to handle when people come at you with these comparisons or these, you know, 
shallow ways to make you feel better. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a couple of ways, right? And it depends on the person and the situation. So there's some people you who might say this to you like at the grocery store and you're like, Ugh, I don't want to deal with that person. I'm just going to ignore them, say thanks and move on. Mm-hmm. There are people who you might say, I'm never going to, to them for help again because they are useless at helping me. And so you ignore them and move on. And then there are the people in your life that you really do want to teach like how to help you and you want to be able to have that dialogue with them. And so with those people, I think you can say something like, I know you're really trying to help me and that doesn't feel helpful. You know, can you listen to me instead or can we do this instead? And even validating that they're trying to help you can be a good like bridge to teach them something. I love that. Yeah. With other people that keep doing it over and over, you can, you can be more blunt, right? If that's your style of like, this is not helpful for me, please stop saying things like that. I think it's our, it's a generational thing too, right? Like I, our, our parents, you know, I'm, I'm sure you and I are within a close age range and our parents are very much from a mentality or a generation of sweep it under the rug, you're going to be fine. And that's, it's been more challenging for me with family members to feel how I need to feel or, you know, set a boundary because I'm trying to work on myself than it has been with my contemporaries or in my personal relationships. Do you find that? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's where I see like online, this generation gap of, of older people being like toxic positivity. This is BS. Like, what are you talking about? And then the younger generation being like, this is the advice that every like boomer gives me. Right. <laughs> and like, so we're, we're kind of like trying to come together around this issue. Cause I don't think our parents liked being told that either. It's just what they think you need to do like pull up your bootstrap mentality and like get things done. Don't cry about it. That is exactly how I was basically raised and exactly the cycle that I'm trying to break. You know, I'm, I have a daughter with big emotions and who needs to be heard in order to process how she's feeling. And I feel like this is all because I need, I needed, this is what I needed as a child, a mother who was going to sit and listen and validate. And not because my mom didn't love me, but that just wasn't something our parents knew how to do. And so changing the game for our kids, I'm hoping will change the game all around. How is it already 2022? Wow. Well, you know what that means. In just a few short weeks, my first book, Mom's Moving On, Real Life Advice for Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self, will finally be out in stores, but it is available for pre-order now. So don't forget to grab a hold of that because for everybody who pre-orders, I'll be holding a special publishing day event just for you. Email info at momsmovingon.com for more information. everyone. I've now added courses to my website because you know what? There can never be enough information out there as you're navigating divorce and co-parenting. Am I right? So if you're just thinking of getting divorced and don't know where to start, I have the perfect course for you. It's called It's Time to Leave My Marriage. Now what? And it gives you all the steps from what questions to ask your lawyer to when to even reach out to a lawyer, how to break the news to your ex and your family, and most importantly, how to handle it with your kids. 
My other course is how to safeguard your relationship with your children when you're dealing with a high conflict ex-spouse. You know, if you have someone who's going to badmouth you in front of the kids. All of this is important stuff to know. So head on over to my website, momsmovingon.com and check out the courses tab today. I think we need to talk though about the importance of what and who you follow online when you're in a really deep, dark place. Yes, that is so important. And that's, I think that's where you kind of need to stay away from maybe some of those overly like individualistic, inspirational accounts that don't take into account anything that might be going on around you. Mm -hmm. Like any account that says, you know, like, you were in control of your entire destiny. I'm like, that's hard for people, you know, who don't have all the resources in the world or who are dealing, you know, with the court system or a lot of the things that you interact with that they actually are kind of powerless to at yeah. times. Yes. Yeah. I Listen, the one thing, um, we're all pretty powerless at the end of the day, right? Even, even the most successful people in the world. We literally have no control over what's going to happen in our lives from the day to day. And so that whole notion of control is, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time on it just from the co-parenting perspective and the divorce perspective, because literally the only thing anybody can control, which is really important in co-parenting and divorce are your reactions to things, yeah. right? So it's in no- that stuff. Thank so you. Yeah. I think it's really in knowing yourself and where you're triggered and what you need to heal that you can gain some control, but like, that's about it. And so, you know, my followers will send me posts that are so blatantly like, like one big blanket statement for happiness or for the rest of your life. And they're like, how am I supposed to process this? And I'm like, you're not, you're supposed to just scroll past it because those things are not what's going to set you on a course towards healing and, and finding ways to be happy. Yeah. It's dangerous out there. It is. And like, I think there are people who haven't been taught how to screen like what is for them and what isn't. And so that leaves them like very vulnerable to taking in messages that aren't meant for them. And you have to remember, like when you're scrolling online, it's okay to be like, that doesn't apply. Unfollow, block, mute this person and move on. And that's the importance of being real too. Like I never will, you know, share something about my personal life and make it seem like I have it better than anybody else. Yeah. Listen, my followers are like, you're remarried. That's the goal. I'm like, no, but you don't understand how hard I work to be a whole person in my marriage or every get past everything I had to get through. And, and that's what I think counts. And that's what your book is sharing. Your book is real. Literally you are like giving it to people as they need it. And, and I want to hear a little bit of like what we can learn from the book or how it's broken down. Yeah, absolutely. So the first part of the book is really just a breakdown of like what toxic positivity is and isn't so that you can really understand an overall view. Then I go into the history of happiness being the goal. And this is actually like my favorite part of the book, because I don't think we understand how deep this runs all the way back to like the formation of the United States as a country. And after that, I go into like specific topics where positivity becomes toxic. So mental health struggles, relationship issues, infertility, things like that. 
and they give you exact scripts of what you can say instead. Oh, I love that. Super helpful. Yeah. So if you like, if you see my posts where I do that a lot, the book has tons of those. And then I go into like complaining, how to make complaining more effective, what to do about people that you feel like are always negative or what negativity actually is. And then, yeah, so that's super interesting. Can Um, we get into that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so part of my own personal healing journey was having to take a step back from the people in my life that like were constantly complaining or negative. Not Mm -hmm. because... I don't do that myself. I do, but I was learning to find a balance between wanting to rip my eyelashes out and being happy again. Right. So yeah. talk to me about these people. And I've, I actually wrote about this in my book too, like how to distance yourself from these saps of energy. Cause you need all your energy when you're going through a hard time. Right. So I have a theory that there aren't really like negative people, but there are people who are going through hard times in their life. Like you might've been one of those people at a time in your life. I know I was like right after I had my baby. So we all go through seasons where we might be more prone to negativity. There are people who get stuck there as well because they don't have the resources, Mm -hmm. the support, they don't know how to get out of it, whatever it is. So you may have to distance yourself at times from those people because you simply cannot handle it during that season of your life, I think is what you're talking about. Yes. Where it gets tricky is like when we call those people like, oh, they are energy vampires or they're this and we label them. And I think it's easier to just say, you know what, right now I can't have space in my life for the season that this person is going through. I might change and get to a better place next month where I can be there for them. Or maybe I decide I don't want them in my life anymore. But we have that flexibility on like who we want to include in our life in certain seasons. And that's okay. I like how you flip that to put the control back, you know, inside. Like Mm -hmm. I'm making this choice. This isn't about them. This is more about me. And that's how it was for me too. Because yeah, I was absolutely that negative, you know, black hole of just unhappiness as many people are when they're coming out of a bad marriage and trying to find their strength again on their own. But once I noticed that about myself, it was like, it triggered me and other people because I didn't want to be that person anymore. And I find that happens to a lot of my clients. Yeah. And it's worth like, it's worth like getting back in touch with that compassion though, of being like, this was me at one point in time. And if everybody would have said to me, like, you're toxic, you're negative, I can't be around you (laughs) during the hardest season of my life. That would have been really terrible. Yes. And so like, how can I distance myself in a way that's compassionate? How can I set up boundaries without just being like, you are the worst and like, I'm throwing you out of my life. (laughs) Okay, so the opposite. I know, I know, but I think it it takes a healed and conscious person to know that you have to put, you have to put it on yourself. So the opposite of toxic positivity is toxic negativity, right? So what's the happy medium? Right. So too much complaining is not good. And if we shut down all of our complaints or our negativity, also not good. So I find that, and in the book, I talk about radical acceptance, which is a part of DBT, if you're familiar, dialectical Mm -hmm. behavioral therapy. And radical acceptance is really just 
I accept what is, this is my reality, and I'm going to do with it what I can. That doesn't mean that I like it, that I want it, that I'm going to keep it that way. But it's just me saying like, I'm going through a divorce. This is what's happening and I have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in that place, you can acknowledge what is good and accept it and also what is bad and accept it. And it keeps you kind of in this middle ground versus like either of those pole ends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And every single one of my sessions, it's like, okay, well, this part sucks and it's Mm going to suck and it's designed to suck, but here are all the benefits and here are the things that we can focus on and here are the things that we can control. So let's compartmentalize. And that's, you know, a lot of, that's where I say you, you have to live your life and not make your life about the whole life about divorce, because then that's when all that toxic positivity and toxic negativity kind of control your every move. Right. Exactly. And I think you showing people what they can control is a part of acceptance and saying, this is not in your control. You know, you talked about the behaviors of the other person, not in your control. What can you do about what you're doing to make this better? Um, My last question, because you're a a new mom and, and a veteran mom, and I am a mom of one who obviously I'm trying really hard to parent all of my shit out of, right? Um, How do we avoid toxic positivity from seeping into their lives, whether it's messaging at school or the books they read or the things that they watch and the songs that they listen to? What, What do we do with that? I would look out for any extremes, right? That messages that they're hearing from teachers in books that are very like those blanket statements that we talked about on Instagram and try to create gray area for our kids. So when people tell them like, all I care about is you being happy. Or if you say that to your kid, think about like, what else do you want your child to experience? You know, you want them to experience also like joy and struggle so they can learn and like creating opportunities for them to experience more than happiness. And also just letting them feel their feelings and acknowledging it. letting them sit in stuff instead of saying like, how can I get you back to happiness as quick as possible? Yes. And I think parents who are listening to this, you need to keep that in mind because obviously when you get divorced as a parent, you're so worried about how your kids are going to feel and it's okay for them to feel things, right? Like it's okay for them to be angry that mom and dad aren't together anymore. It's okay for them to want to spend more time at one house or another. What's not okay is just spending all your time worrying about their happiness in the midst of, of your divorce and not giving them to t- the tools to t- deal with their emotions or process how they're feeling because all of the stuff that kids go through as children of divorce, it's stuff we're eventually going to go through as adults anyway. So it's, it's a really good time to take happiness out of the equation and give them the tools to learn how to deal with their feelings and feel better. Absolutely. When kids struggle and they have the right support and tools, they grow. You don't want them to never struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I asked my mom once, I've asked her a lot. Like I had a, I had a childhood that where I was like the picture of a kid who should be in therapy. I'm like, why didn't you ever put me in therapy? And she's like, well, you just seem so happy all the time. And I'm like, ah, there it is. Happy. Like, a, a, the fake smile that like, you know, made everybody yeah. think I was okay. 
Exactly, exactly. And you get rewarded for that as a kid. Like kids know when I'm happy, things are good and nobody has to worry about me. Man, it's rough out there, Whitney, but you are doing good, good work for all people, not just women, not just moms, not just people going through divorce, anybody who has struggled with their emotions or being made to feel like they couldn't feel a certain way. Um, Okay. So your book, Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy. I love it. It's officially out January 25th. What can we expect, you know, once the book is out, are you going to be doing workshops, courses, book tour? What's happening? Yes, I am planning an affirmations workshop. It's going to be happening around that date. So look out for that. Um, Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at sitwithwit. And that's where I share everything that I'm doing. Oh my God. I, I, you guys, I can't stress this enough. It's a really important account to follow at any stage of your life, but especially after getting divorced, it's going to make you feel so seen and heard and validated. And I love it. Whitney, this was like a long time coming for me. I've been stalking her to come on the podcast for a while and we finally made it happen. And I truly appreciate your time for everybody listening. Go to sit with wit check her out, check out the book, Toxic Positivity. It's all going to be linked in the show notes and obviously be in touch. I'm so glad you were here with us today. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 